Welcome to Good Enough-ish. I'm Brooke Forey. And I'm Amanda Jefferson. We are two organization-loving friends sharing tips, strategies, real-life experiences, and fails of trying to be good enough-ish at everything we juggle in life. I own Indigo Organizing. I help busy people simplify their lives at home and at work. I co-own Curious & Company Creative, a branding design firm, and I created the Balance Bound Planner that helps you get organized and prioritize self-care. You can find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish, and you can find the show notes over at goodenoughish.com. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498. So let's start the show. Let's do it. (laughs) Hi, Amanda. Hi, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? Wait, good. Nope. Did I already ask that? I don't know. (laughs) Should we start over? I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. No, we're not going to start over. I think our listeners like it when we're just like, it's not a Monday though, but it's sort of a Monday because it's a Tuesday and the kids didn't have school yesterday. Right. Yes. So it yesterday feels Monday-esque. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We, I was laughing when we started because we're trying a new recording software and um, it makes a funny noise. It goes like, burr, <laughs> and so it kind of like, I think I have the option of turning that off and I kind of feel like I want to because it's a little like jarring. Well, we did a couple of tests before this and I don't remember the birder. Birder. Birder to a, you. I have a lot of updates. Oh my gosh. Okay. Bring them on. Okay. okay. I tried contouring this morning because I got these two different things. These were mistakes. Okay. This is Physicians Formula, which is a brand that I really like, but this is... But it's a mistake. It's a mistake. It's a bronzer contour palette. And then I got this thing, which was way overdoing it. The All-Star Face Palette. I mean, it's lovely. Look at this. Yeah. So you can't get sucked into those sets. No. What so, even are all those things for? It's like the highlighter and the bronzer and the blush and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But so let me tell you, Brooke, after I tried to do the contouring this morning, I looked like a chimney sweep. Mm. Like I looked just dirty. <laughs> like Dick Van Dyke straight out of Mary I looked Poppins. like Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. I did not look chiseled. I looked like Dick Van Dyke. And I had to try to undo it all with a cotton ball. And then so it wasn't good. I think I need to do the tube. Like, yeah. you know, the stick. So we didn't actually talk about this this weekend. No. But I also procured, I mean, we have we talked about it on last week's episode, but I procured some new makeup. Okay. Because I am replacing the powdery stuff that is, like, all broken up and driving yeah, me crazy. Yeah, that was my mistake. And plus the thing I've really noticed about makeup, like that set that you just got, it's so appealing because it looks all pretty. But so much of that is going to go to waste, right? Like you're never going to make your way through those full things. So I'm focusing and I do like I like a mix of um, just uh, whatever, like Target cosmetics and going like a little more high end. I went to the Sephora for a couple of things, but I do some of them, some blushes and things like that are a little smelly if you get the cheaper mm-hmm, version. Mm-hmm, like I, mm-hmm, So mm-hmm. I'm I'm investing in some of the nicer stuff. This is stuff. new for you, Brooke, because it you've is. always been, you know, drugstore only for drugstore cosmetics. So that's the <laughs> word I was trying to come up with before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have bought nicer blush for like the last five to 10 years. 
I, I've been buying like the NARS blush, but, but that's yes. the one that the, that's the, the lid is coming off. Uh-huh. And I noticed that in certain light, it's like a little sparkly. And I'm like, ah, I'm 43 now. I think right. I need to step back from the sparkly. And so I went to Sephora the other day mm-hmm. and I found a liquid. It comes in a tube replacement for mm-hmm. my NARS blush. In a very nice color, and I just dab it on, and then I rub it in, and I'm and very pleased with it. is this the Rare it. Beauty? It is. So you looked, I saw you a little at the on notes. I cheated. Uh-huh. Rare yes, Beauty it's... is a cult favorite. My niece, Ella, who is very into makeup, loves Rare Beauty. And I was checking out, they've got a bronzer stick. So the, it is uh, Selena Gomez's makeup brand. Uh-huh. You know, every celebrity uh-huh. has a makeup brand. But I really, I also watched her documentary on <laughs> Apple TV Plus the other Haven't night. I have seen it. And I just enjoy her. And I so I happened her. to see it at Sephora. The price point was good. It was like right across from the NARS stuff. So I was comparing and I was like, you know what? For the cost and the amount of product you got, you get, and it comes in a tube so we mm-hmm, all know mm-hmm. that i'm abandoning all powders you're not gonna rip off the uh the lid of that no yep, yep. i can't possibly <laughs> so yeah i'm uh but i also procured like a highlighter thing but that was elf elf do we know yet? yes do we say yes. elf i don't know i know it stands for eyes lips face but so that was very oh, i didn't know that so my question for you brooke is did you seek the assistance of the lovely sephora helpers or did you venture out on your own so that's a big question amanda and um, mm-hmm. i did not seek their help mm-hmm. and as such so i also got <laughs> and I as also, a result i know so i also needed new concealer and i've been using yes. the benefit boing it's actually called oh. it's like b-o-i-i-i-i-n-g oh. um concealer for a few years now and i like it but i was like oh I'm liking switch things. I want to support this, um, the Selena Gomez Rare Beauty line, and Mm -hmm. they also had um, concealer in the same sort of liquid tube. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go try to match the color of the one that I use from Benefit. Okay, guess what? The color does not match. I put it on yesterday and I'm a little orangey. So what did you do? Because normally it's like a light, light medium. Yeah, I was trying to like actually hold the tubes up to each other and look because they're both glass tubes that you can see the product inside. Anyway, that was a fail. So but at Sephora, I believe you can take product back. I have the receipt. I have the packaging and I'm going to seek the assistance. Right, because remember about about that contraption that they have where they're literally like hold a camera up to your face. Isn't that at Ulta though? That's Sephora. No, Sephora. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna go back to the Sephora at Kohl's this evening and we're gonna we're gonna remedy this issue. But but I had fun buying some new makeup. Um and the the ELF elf whatever we're calling it highlighter that I got at Target was like eight or nine dollars. So that yes. was just kind of a fun little like, ooh, let's see what happens here. But yes. I agree that contouring can be a little difficult. <laughs> you gotta go light on the contouring. And it's not truly necessary. It's just like fun. I don't know. I know. It was kind of something fun. So I think I'm gonna I this I already used this little guy, but I might try it again and see if I could not look like a chimney sweep. But the, this big old palette here, I don't think I need this in my life. And I think also it's very glittery. 
Yeah. I'm going to look like, you know, a mm-hmm. Vegas showgirl by the time I'm done putting all that stuff on. Which if that's if that's what you're going for. Then right. That's but I'm okay. not a Vegas showgirl. I'm not on stage at Vegas. So I don't feel like I need it. Okay. Um, Another major update <sighs> major. was jury duty. You finally watched it. I finally started watching it, but I made a huge mistake where I accidentally... So this is what happened. I was staying at my friend's house in New York City. So I sat down. I got myself all logged on on her TV. And you know how these days it's kind of like... like So I think I was like logging on to her whatever. Her account. (laughs) These days you got to do the accounts and everything. So I was logging on to her account. So my my guess is that she watched the whole thing. And so I sort of clicked on some sort of continue watching type situation. And it started with season eight. And I know episode eight. eight. And I remember being like, wow, they're just like reveal like oh i guess you know because a lot of times and like you know how sometimes in movies they'll start with like okay this guy dies yeah and then we're gonna go back and we're like with bad sisters for example and then we're gonna tell you kind of what happened leading up to it but then i was like something's not right so then i realized indeed i needed to go back to episode one and i'm three or four episodes in but i'm gonna start all over and bring fernando in because you think he will enjoy it and you're enjoying it more Yes. Are you finding that Ronisa is <laughs> is a national treasure? How did they possibly find this most perfect guy? Well, I mean, I think they that is what they tell you more of in episode eight. If you didn't make it that far, that like, no. it was it was a casting call, but it was like to follow someone through the actual jury duty process. So he was interested in being on camera. Like he, he wasn't someone that just got like recruited for this. Like he went through some process to be filmed and, you know, so I don't think he was like a wannabe influencer, but he definitely wanted to be part of a filmed experience. And, but yeah, I don't know how they actually like narrowed it down or what the other choices were, but, but it was funny because you sent me a picture from your friend's house, like it's (laughs) happening, but I saw it was like jury duty season one, episode eight. I was like, wow, have you watched the whole thing? Like this week you're like, nope, (laughs) just kidding. Just realized 30 (laughs) seconds ago. Started with the last episode. Yeah. So of course I'm diving deep into, I'm Googling everything and learning all about the casting and Okay. like how it all worked and you know that half of the people stayed in the hotel and the other half of the people went home and the whole James Marsden and that they're like really close friends now and yeah. it's hysterical didn't they have to like invent a fake Instagram like they really oh created a good paper trail where then they're looking up these fake and ins- this fake Instagram <sighs> account to find out if this guy's girlfriend is cheating on like it's just it's so good and it's insane and the fact that it was just so much improv I mean they oh, all just yeah. had to react to what's this guy gonna say what's ronisa what's ron gonna say (laughs) and how can we you know we just have to keep reacting to whatever he's saying well and there's a difference between improv and the fact that one of these people (laughs) there's improv with one person not in the know so if something really really hilarious happens during this improvisation like you still can't let on that it's (laughs) that this is all fake so i know it's just yeah, so enjoyable. Um, so, all right, I'm glad yeah. you're into the into the show. Um, yes. All right. Well, I've given a bunch of updates. What's going on with you? Well, I wanted to let you know that we got some texts from a listener who had like a bit of a meta reaction or meta experience. She was mm-hmm. in Aldi doing her weekly 
shopping trip there, listening to our episode where we Whoa. read the uh, um, text about her shopping at Aldi. And <laughs> she did want to verify that she bags as she goes because okay. you, we, she had said like, she doesn't do the cart thing and she enjoys kind of organizing, um, the bags as she goes mm. to kind of like play Tetris mm. and get everything in as many bags as she brings. And then the same listener also said that she gave produce junction, bleh, produce junction, a try, and it was a success. Oh, Produce Junction needs to sponsor really good enough-ish. I know. I know. So, you know. if you I think a lot of people want to go just to watch them add up their order in their head. Because that's yeah. what they do there, remember? Yes, they just add up me. your order. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's it not is. like everything's $5, right? It's like they're adding no. in their head. They just know how much all the things cost. I, I don't know, Brooke. I don't, know. I don't have the it's answer We're going to need to do some more research on that. So um, while we're on the grocery topic, though, so to my dismay, uh, Walmart Plus does not deliver in my area. Oh. However, you know I love Aldi, and so I realized that I can order Aldi through Instacart. And so, yes, Instacart does make things more expensive, but because Aldi is already so incredibly cheap, any of the add-ons that you're adding on with Instacart or anything like that are, you know, it's not going to bring it up to be as expensive as other places. Okay. So that was lovely. I ordered like a ton of stuff for less than a hundred dollars and I might even explore the Instacart plus membership or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm pro- I'm sure that that's probably comparable to like what I'm now paying for Walmart Plus and then a driver tip. So yeah, it's not without like expense. Um, well, that's great. That's Thank exciting. You. It's so exciting. So exciting. And you still have to take me on a field trip to Aldi. Yes. Um, yeah, I also just wanted to share that we reluctantly, Graham and I, and then his best bud and that best bud's mom, who is one of my best buds, we kind of reluctantly went to a very soggy Phillies game on Saturday. Mm. Um, we had bought the tickets ahead of time because the boys got like a free ticket each through their Phillies camp that they did. And then we mm-hmm. bought the extra tickets and yada, yada, yada. We were like, it's really kind of gross out today, but let's make a game time decision. And at like three o'clock, I'm like, all right, it's happening. I'm going to pick you guys up at 3.30. We're going. We ended up having so much fun. And I just want to say, don't discount the fact that like a soggy Phillies game or whatever sporting event can't be a really good time. We ended up like, Stacey has a way of um, just like... When we, you know, when you get to a seating section at Citizens yes. Bank Ballpark, like they want to see your ticket. But listen, they know it's a rainy day. They know half yeah. of those ticket holders aren't showing up. Yeah. We're there with our two boys. We're holding all of our food because, of course, we had to get some crab fries at Chickies and Pete's, which yeah. are overrated, but it's fine. And yeah. Stacy yeah, just I says, I love Old Bay. I don't like Old Bay. I so mean, it's I, fine. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like they're just yeah. crinkle cut fries. I, I don't get it, but it's fine. Yeah. My kid okay. loves them. We got them. Great. And Stacy just goes to, the woman like can we just sit down here like until these people get here and she's like yeah it's fine and you know Graham gives me this look like we're breaking the rules and I'm like no Stacy didn't say oh I can't get my ticket out like we're not lying she knows these aren't our seats but she's just right. like yeah sit down you got two cute kids whatever yeah so we sit down 
were a section below where we were supposed to be, where we would have been getting rained on. But uh-huh. Stacy weaseled her way into a row that was like just barely undercover. Perfect. The stadium was blocking us from the wind. We had, it was like such a downright pleasant experience. I'm like, I can't believe we almost missed this. And uh, the Phillies won. And did you have ponchos? Did you no, have ponchos? I wore a raincoat. Oh. And like, no, we didn't get wet at all. I just um, invested in some ponchos because Isabel was supposed to cheer on that day, on that Saturday. She was supposed to, and like, they're like, if the football game goes on, they're playing in the rain, the cheerleaders are cheering in the rain. But she had already started to get a little bit of a cold and it was pretty nasty. I was like, you know, we don't have ponchos. So I invested in ponchos. Okay. So I feel prepared for... Whatever is to anything. come. Yeah, no, yeah. we didn't eat ponchos. And That's it was like lovely. a little cool and chilly, but it was far better than the nine million degree game we went to back in July. You didn't need and your neck fan. No, we saw like no, I did not need my neck fan. No. Um we saw a bunch of home runs. We saw the Phillies win and Graham like accurately predicted everything that was gonna happen in the game. He's like <laughs> a walking encyclopedia of baseball. So we just had the best day. So it was a really good reminder to sometimes just like Give it a whirl. And because I had said to him, I was like, if we get there and it's miserable, and we're miserable, we, we go. can go home. Yeah, we've exactly. already paid for the tickets. So, like, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so I have a happy. question for you yeah. about the bell at the Citizens. Bell. Does it only ring for home runs or does it ring for runs? No, I believe it's only home runs. Only home runs. And it might also ring if there's like a no-hitter or something like uh, one of the pitchers pitched a no-hitter a couple Mm -hmm. months ago. Lorenzen, Mm -hmm. I believe Mm -hmm. is his last name. Um, The bell might have rang, rung. It might just ring when they win at the end of the game. I don't know. I feel like it rings for home runs, but I don't know. Okay. But I do enjoy watching the bell ring. I do too. And I've started to like enjoy watching baseball on TV more. I think just because mm. like Graham literally, literally narrates the entire game and it's yeah, fascinating. Yeah, so you have like your own personal. Yeah, because it is fascinating. Like I actually really enjoy baseball, but I really enjoy it when I understand the players and this guy's left-handed and this guy's right-handed yeah. and then we're going to switch this out and then we're going to do this and oh my gosh, these are the number of outs and this is the guy that's coming up. And like it's all very fascinating when you're in the details of it. Yeah, and it's just very like they're a very um, – young fun team like they Mm. seem just like a good group of guys and it's a very like family-oriented atmosphere so i don't know just love a good phillies game if anyone's not from philly like you should come to our ballpark it's just a delight it is it is is. yeah anything else new with you well what's new with me is that you know on friday i was hanging out with marie kondo I mean, just, you know, casually chilling with Marie. Just chilling, chilling, chillaxing with Marie Kondo. No, it was really cool. I went up to New York just like for a super quick trip, took the train up, which I love. I just love the train. I know. So I took the train up, stayed at Jocelyn's house where I goofed watching jury duty. And then the next morning we had like, they closed down the container store for us, Mm -hmm. the big flagship container store on 6th Avenue. And um, Marie Kondo. 
it's a dream. And uh, Marie Kondo was there and it was a bunch of other KonMari consultants. It was like meeting your other people. You know, I got to meet my people. And then they, um, so that was really lovely. And then um, we went to this really cool restaurant afterwards called Lulu. And apparently it has like some cool speakeasy bar downstairs that we didn't, I'll have to, that we didn't go to, but I'll have to send you pictures of it. It was just really cool. And even we had, oh wait, I can show you. We had these like personalized little menus that had the KonMari logo on it how adorable it was adorable the food was delicious and so it was just like a lovely new york day but speaking of new york we've got the moxie we've got the moxie coming up next weekend it's coming up the moxie of unlimited mm -hmm. ski ball of unlimited ski ball so that is happening on um this weekend and i've got a couple exciting updates one the family is going to come with me because it's going to come saturday night so i can't come because you can't come. So yeah, I, I mean, I was your first family. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going to do the conference Friday night, all day Saturday. And then it's pretty nice because they're going to take, Isabel has her football game. They're going to hop on an Amtrak and go up I'll, and then we can hang out. So I called the Moxie to ensure that we will have two beds. And I am happy to report that the customer service was excellent on the phone. See, I'm so glad you gave them another chance is excellent. Yes. And okay. I even wanted to confirm because the place where the ski ball is, is like a bar. And I was like, is Isabel even going to be allowed to go in there? Yes. All kids welcome. Okay. So the mar it's shaping up. It's shaping, shaping up. up to be a great experience full of yes. ski ball. <laughs> Wonderful. It all comes back to ski ball, Brooke. Um, well, we've been chit chatting our little hearts out. So why don't we take a little break? Let's do it. Let's do it. You're listening to the Good Enough-ish podcast with Amanda Jefferson and Brooke Forey. Visit goodenoughish.com for show notes with information from each episode, as well as links to all the places where you can find us on the internet. Now back to the show. I brought um, my little uh, rare beauty show and tell time. Aren't they cute? Mm -hmm. And they've mm -hmm. got this little mm -hmm. nubbin on the top, so it's easy to, to twist off. Yeah, a nubbin, a little nubbin. I'm enjoying it. And Wait a second. What's the the one of them is concealer? This one's the concealer. That's the wrong color that I have to take back. Okay. And okay. this is liquid blush. So I just put like a dot on each cheek and then blend it in. Okay. I'm trying to use mm -hmm. fewer brushes because I feel like they're just dirty. Even when I wash them constantly, I'm like, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't love brushes. And then this I is know. the cute little highlighter stick. Well, not stick. It's also like a liquid, but it just boop, comes out this yes. little poof and you can do a little. It's fun. Uh -huh. Good uh -huh. times. It's called Halo Glow Beauty Wand, Wand Highlight. And where's that one from? That's from Target. Halo? No. no. Oh, Target. Target. Okay. Eyes, lip, face, okay. ELF, elf, whatever we're calling it. Yeah. So Junie just sauntered in and um when isabel is sick she steals her tissues ew uh-huh mm. so that's what she's munching on right now okay so gross. that's gross junie i haven't <laughs> seen junie in ages since we've been recording I remotely know. she must I miss know. me she misses you <sighs> so let's dive into our main topic brooke tell us 
you inspired us to talk about this today. Tell us, tell us all about it. Okay. So happened upon this article on the New York Times um, website that was called When I Stopped Trying to Self-Optimize, I Got Better. And mm. I mean, it was it was definitely talking about sports and athleticism, but it, it certainly tied into just life in general. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to read a little snippet. Okay. And it's all about like, the power of subtraction. So it says, when I added determination, grit, self-confidence, desire, I failed. When I took away the desire for success, my body moved with greater fluidity and naturalness. I improved. I enjoyed it more as well, which as an athlete of 30 years, I didn't think was possible. I discovered the power of subtraction. And I thought this was interesting and I knew it would appeal to you. I mean, this definitely relates to a lot of things we talk about on this podcast, like C's get degrees and um, Mm -hmm. not striving for perfection. It should Mm -hmm. be fine. Um, But it also reminded me of this piece that I actually had like the tab open on my phone browser for like years. (laughs) It was just one of those pieces (laughs) that I just... It was just a good reminder to like see pop up, even if I didn't read it a lot. And it was all about Mm. being okay with mediocrity. And it was this piece from um, Design Mom, who is a blogger Mm -hmm. and Instagrammer that I've Mm -hmm. followed for years and years. And, you know, she was referencing another article. But it's just like, you know, what if I'm okay with leading a mediocre life? And Mm. also making the distinction between mediocrity and success, like defining Mm. what success means Mm. to you. Um, Mm -hmm. So it just, it felt like it all tied together. And I would love to hear what resonated for you when you read it. Because as soon as I sent it to you, you're like, yes, love this. Yes, I know. I thought it was so good. It was kind of like the I mean, just a love letter to good enough-ish. And it reminded me of the year that me and my friend Beatrice were like, this year, our New Year's resolutions are to try try not to improve ourselves in any way. (laughs) Yes, I forgot about this. I love it. (laughs) Because no self-improvement allowed. (laughs) Because we were always just trying to improve ourselves in the sense that like, oh, well, this isn't good about me and this isn't good about me. So I, you know, Um, but I, when you were reading um, this quote just now, it kind of connected to to this idea of fun and easy that I always talk yeah. about. Like when he said there, my body moved with greater fluidity and naturalness. I improved because he was in the zone. Mm-hmm. Like he was just like letting it all flow, like letting what comes come. Um, I had another um, little snippet in there that I really liked, which was My self-worth was bound at that moment to my success or failure, and that set off a chain reaction. Unnatural desire, pressure, performance anxiety, anticipation, a mind enamored with the top, but a body struggling below, bad decision-making, irregular movement, distraction, frustration— all in that order, too. Like, and it reminds me a lot about speaking, Mm -hmm. because when you're about to go on stage and talk to people for an hour about your life and your stories, it's very easy, and the lessons that you've kind of culled from those stories, it's very easy in the 10 minutes before that to think, what in the hell am I doing? Mm -hmm. Why would these people ever in a million years want to hear this from me? Um, You get that imposter syndrome kick in. 
And so that can lead to all of this. You could be distracted. You could be frustrated. You could, you know, feel the pressure. You could feel the performance anxiety. But if you instead shift to this idea of like, man, I'm so excited to be here and this is going to be really fun. I can't wait to connect with this audience. Like, I know I'm going to have a great time. Like whatever happens, happens. The outcome of that and the way that you present yourself in front of that audience is a completely different experience for you and for them. Mm -hmm. And it says something about like, what is the end goal of this? It's to go out there and share your story and have a great time and hopefully connect with people. If your end goal is always like the next big thing or the win or the bank account, like it's going to tear you apart. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it, that makes me think of like, what is, what is success in terms of my job and what I'm doing? Like, I have never been a person, like I was never out to create like some startup that I'm getting tons of funding and building something huge and building a huge team. And with the goal of like trying to sell the brand for Balance Bound, like, I mean, maybe that should be a goal. (laughs) Maybe that's naive of me. (laughs) But I think it says something that to me, like, I, of course, I want to build and I want to make more money and make a more comfortable life for my family. Mm-hmm. But that's all I'm looking for is comfort, not wealth mm-hmm. or perfection. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, the same can be said for like doing uh, this type of physical goal that this writer was talking about, like setting a goal for the sake of setting it because it's what you're supposed to do when it brings you mm-hmm. no joy. And in fact, it's actually kind of tearing you apart and mm-hmm. and not making you feel good. Um, yeah. You know, I have friends that like do triathlons and marathons and while they set personal goals to do to accomplish these things, they're generally not trying to beat other people. They're just trying to do something that fulfills them and makes them work hard and learn things along the way. But the second yeah. that they start to only care about beating others or like once they reach that goal, okay, now I'm going to run a 50-mile race or yeah. now I'm going to do this. And then you stop in finding the joy in it. And it's, yeah, we need, we need those check-ins with ourselves to not only tie um, success and self-worth together. Yeah, because for, I, I'm not a runner. I can't run like for 30 seconds without getting angry. Um, <laughs> not just winded, but angry. <laughs> angry. Same. Um, I know a lot of runners who it really does seem like it's about so much more than the process, about the process, yeah. than the end goal. Like when I was an executive director of a nonprofit, one of my colleagues talked, which is a very high pressure job. One of my colleagues talked about how she was like, oh, I couldn't be an executive director if I didn't run. Mm. Like that's where I burn off all of my stress. That's where I kind of escape. That's where I kind of get all of that adrenaline out. And then I can come back and I can focus. And so I think when you just let that be the process, like she's not running thinking like, oh, I got to win this marathon. It's like, like what Gretchen Rubin says, like running for sanity, not vanity mm. type of thing. Yeah. Um, But I also just loved what this article talked about. So there was that, I felt like there were kind of two main ideas. There was one about that idea about, you know, not striving for the end goal and success and whatever that is. But then the other one was that, like he said, make one move at a time. That's all. And I think a lot of times, you know, we can be really overwhelmed about all of, you know, if you're trying to hit a goal or it's just 
one move at a time. Like, okay, you want to win a marathon? Like step one, put on your sneakers Mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, And it reminds me of one of my favorite scenes from Frozen 2. I saw this note in there and I know exactly it's do the next right thing. You know it exactly. Exactly. Jumped in Do the next right thing. When Anna believes that Elsa is dead and Olaf has just vanished. Disintegrated. He's disintegrated. And it's this really beautiful song about, you know, grief and like, how do you move on? And what do you do? And she was just talking about, you know, you do the next right thing. Mm -hmm. You put one foot in front of the other and then another foot and then another foot. And that's what you do. And I think that is really powerful and really helpful, especially when things feel hard. Yeah. You know, and I think that can be relevant, whether you're talking about like something really big, like grief and losing someone Or it can be like the minutia of your day and just Mm -hmm. learning how to deal with overwhelm. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like we all face that, especially this time of year. I don't know about you, but it's like the second Graham's birthday is over. Everyone's already asking me about Halloween and like (laughs) the minutia of parenthood and wanting to raise happy, engaged kids who like you're creating these amazing experiences for. And sometimes it can just be about like today. (laughs) Like I can't, I can't think beyond on today and that's okay being okay with that and giving yourself a pass to not think about tomorrow until tomorrow with yes within reason (laughs) yes (laughs) i uh, it reminded me of have you heard of this woman casey davis yes love her yeah we've talked about we've talked um talked about her right yes domestic blisters is her Mm. uh either tiktok or instagram handle Mm. um and Mm -hmm. she talks a lot about ADHD and Mm -hmm. taking care of a home when you're dealing with depression or ADHD or postpartum um, depression. Mm -hmm. And yes, Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to talk over you. Yeah. yeah, No, I think, yeah, I just couldn't remember if we talked about her or not. She has a book that's called, I think, like How to Keep House While Drowning. Yes. And I really like these five categories that she has of like whenever you're trying to clear out any space, you only have to do five things and do them in this order. And I love it because it's that idea of like, just make one move at a time. And so I think the first one is trash. So like all you're doing is you're focusing on where is all of the trash in this room. So if it's the kitchen, if wherever it is, let me clear out all the trash. I think the second is dishes. Okay, let's clear out all the dishes. Let's get rid of all of that. I think the third is laundry. And she's like, if something's on the floor, we're not even making decisions about whether or not it's clean or not. It's just going in the laundry basket. Mm -hmm. Like, we're done. And then the fourth is things that have a place. So it's like, oh, okay, this goes here, this goes here. You put them back in the place. And then the last one is things that don't have a place. And she's like, and that that totally depends on your energy level. Like maybe all those things are going to go into a basket. Yeah. And you're going to figure out what their place is tomorrow. Or if you've got the energy and you want to find a place for those things now, great. But I really, I actually used that the other day when the house was feeling a little bit of a mess and it was really nice. And I, because I, I did, I started with trash. And I found myself mid trash being like, oh, where does this go? Where does this go? And I was like, no, 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 no. Just yeah. trash. Ooh, I felt my little ADHD brain like, bit, 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 
And I was like, no, that is like and it worked really well. My major flaw with doing <sighs> anything in the house. Like, what was it? A couple weeks. Oh, last weekend was yard sale day in media um, where I live. And <gasps> why do I always miss oh, yard, sale day? yard sale day? It's the best. Oh. It's like it's so smart. It's just the borough, you know, they put together. Obviously, you can have yard sale anytime you want. But the great thing about yard sale day is there's going to be a ton of people out just going to all of these houses and buying your stuff for a dollar or just, you know, I love the people that are like, just take it. Like, please just get it out of my house. I'm like, okay. Like we've found sporting equipment for the kids, but I found just like a couple of, um, I found a really cool yellow little old milk bottle vase. It's not even Mm -hmm. old, but it, it was, Mm -hmm. it made me happy. It sparked some joy and it was yellow and it was a dollar. So I got it. And in the middle one day of like cleaning off the dining room table, I also opened our corner cabinet and like put the yellow milk bottle in, but then I had to move a couple of things around. And Mm -hmm. Nick was like, what are you doing? Like, I just had gotten (laughs) so like sidetracked by finding little places for all of my treasures while I was supposed to be cleaning up the dishes or cleaning up the trash. (laughs) And like, I'm the only one saying I'm supposed to be doing this, but it was like how easily I got distracted. So doing those five things in order should be something Mm -hmm. that I attempt and not be like squirrel. You know, I get, I get a squirrel syndrome over here. Yeah, so we'll have to um, put a link to that um, method or those five categories in the show notes because I found it was really powerful. And it also reminded me of the KonMari five categories, which also were so helpful for people because it's just a roadmap. It's not like, should I do the attic? Should I do the garage? It's like, no, we have five categories and we do them in order. Mm -hmm. It's clothing, books, paper, kimono, which is miscellaneous and sentimental. So it's like when with my clients all the time, I'm always helping them focus. You know, we'll be doing their clothing and they're like, oh, here's my grandma mother's tea set and i'm like nope Nope. that's not what we're working on right now they're like oh okay okay because um yeah so this article resonated with me in that sort of very practical way and also that bigger sort of good enough ish message loved it yeah good enough ish success that's what i'm going for yes like that just that one line like i discovered the power of subtraction Mm -hmm. Ugh, loving that. Yeah. You also, um, you are a big fan of making things bite-sized. And mm. I think, um, you know, that that connects to this because it's, like you said, like the one step at a time, the bite-sized um, goals. Like you're not looking at the overall end goal. You're looking at just the bite-sized steps to get where you want to go. And it's mm-hmm. okay if where you want to go is not a marathon or not climbing Mount Kilimanjaro or whatever. I forget what this gentleman's goal was. It was something with climbing. Um, Mm -hmm. And he got up there and he realized like, oh, I actually like don't feel good about this. And Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm doing this. And I don't know what my Mm -hmm. end goal is. It was just like he Mm -hmm. felt like it was something he was supposed to do. Yeah. So when you look at those bite-sized steps and goals, like whose are they? Are they yours or are they society's? Yes. It reminds me of a conversation I had after one of my speaking gigs um, and the speaking gig in Orlando where, you know, talking a lot about following the shoulds and a woman came up to me afterwards and said, I would love for you to talk to my 24 year old daughter and her like group, her group of professionals that she's working with now, because she's in the world of trying to decide 
what MBA to get. Mm. And her boyfriend is going to Wharton and everybody's going to Harvard and to Yale. And so she feels like she should. And I was like, oh my God, I love this topic because um, I got such a good enough-ish MBA. Mm-hmm. Like my MBA costs like one-tenth of the price of a normal MBA. I didn't even have to take my GMATs. Like it was an executive MBA that I did like on the weekends. And it was hysterical because when I got a job at Wharton, <laughs> one of the most prestigious MBAs in the world, the only requirement that they had for this particular job that I was getting was that I have an MBA. Right. And they really could have cared less if it was for from Timbuktu University. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I shared that story with her to be like, listen, a Wharton MBA, that's two years of her life and $140,000 that she's going to be paying off for the rest of her life. Yeah. <laughs> does she need that? Or does she just need some good enough-ish MBA mm-hmm. to get herself the credential, get the three initials at the end of her name and be done with it? Right. And so that's such a great, because it's like, listen, okay, fine. If you do want to work at a Fortune 500 company or you want to work at a huge investment bank, or yes, you're going to need the Wharton and the Harvard and all that kind of stuff. But if you don't, then why would you do that? Right. You know, why would you spend all of that? And so it's a great opportunity to ask yourself, why do you want to work at a Fortune 500 company? Is that going to fulfill you in a different way than working at an amazing nonprofit like you did or working at Wharton without needing the Wharton education. Like, um, I know it was hysterical. I got to put it on my resume and they paid me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like check done. Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for all of you that are thinking about getting an MBA, call me. (laughs) Call. I feel like I'm like the good enough-ish MBA uh, poster child. Yeah. Maybe that can be part of good enough-ish university. (laughs) Oh, when we yeah, get that rolling, sure. don't worry, it's <laughs> not real, and we're not going to have an MBA. <laughs> um, this was fun. I thank you so much for bringing this article to our attention. We'll put it in the show notes, and um, you know, we can't wait for everybody to chime in and share their thoughts as well. Yes, would love to hear from our listeners. All right, let's take a break, and we'll be right back. We'll be back. Hey, listeners, Amanda here. One of the best ways to support this podcast is by leaving positive ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you're on an iPhone, find that purple podcast app, search for Good Enough-ish, scroll down to the ratings and reviews sections to tap five stars and write your own review. You might even get a shout out on the show. Your support means so much and will help new listeners find us. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. Brooke, we're back. We are back. We are so back. So back. We are so back. (laughs) Speaking of that, did you, have you seen this? Were you the one telling me this or was Beatrice the movie? You are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. Did we talk about this? Yes, we talked about it. And I said that the main character, actress, often reminds me of Isabel. It's okay. I remember that you told me about the movie. And so I watched the movie with Isabel because, and I, we loved it. And she does remind us. Doesn't she? Of Isabel the whole time. And I think Isabel got a kick out of that because, you know, she's really cool and pretty and everything. And yeah. So, yeah. And but she's also Adam like Sandler's daughter in real Adam's, life. Exactly. I liked that movie. I thought it was really good. So cute. So cute. So yeah. Anywho, um, what's sparking joy for you? 
So, Amanda, a little earlier, I was telling you that um, I was, you know, I mentioned Rare Beauty, that I watched that Apple TV Plus um, documentary on Selena Gomez, and I was reminded that she has um, this Rare Beauty line. And so when I went to Sephora to look at it, um, I was, you know, there's a little note about 1% of sales goes to the Rare Impact Fund Mm. to give people access to mental health services. So that Mm. is part of selena gomez's mission um you know because she was diagnosed with bipolar and went through a lot of her own mental health struggles being in the spotlight Mm. and so the prods are really spark and joy for me and the fact that it it makes an impact and does good is always nice that's how i I want to spend my dollars i know i'm so eager to watch that documentary one of my favorite songs is that song that she has to love love Mm -hmm. to love love and it almost like i didn't know that she was diagnosed with bipolar, but that video almost gives it's black and white. It's very stunning. And it all it does give you 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 don't really know if it's a love song or if it's song it's a song about her or about mental illness. But now that you're telling me a little bit more of the context, mm-hmm. I'm curious to learn more. Yeah, they do um they show a little bit of the filming of that video in the documentary and she mentions that like they sat down and wrote it in like 45 minutes. Like it was a very like personal from the heart song after everything she had been through like in the in the spotlight with her very public breakup from the Biebs. Now, Brooke, we got to talk about this. It might have to be an online, more intensive conversation because I am a fan of Justin Bieber. I love that. First of all, side note, I love the music video, Sorry. Have you mm-hmm. seen that music video? I, I have not seen the video. You see you what? a lot of videos. Okay, first of all, I didn't have MTV growing up. You know this about me, right? I, I wasn't allowed. I, I was not supposed to be watching. I did not have access, literal access to MTV. We lived out in the middle of nowhere. I did not have MTV. So now I really appreciate a good music video because I feel like I have a lot of years of catching up to do. Mm-hmm. The Sorry video is so good. He's not in it. It's mm. this New Zealand dance company mm-hmm. and actually the woman that's the head chore- choreographer is a very famous choreographer now but it's tell it's, me her name do you know it because i'm sure i know who she is paris oh no i don't know paris, paris something <laughs> okay i'm gonna google it um okay. she's very famous i think like beyonce choreographer like she's big name anyway okay. And he's not even in the video, so it's so good. Anywho, I do like Justin Bieber, but you've been t- you, told, you told me that maybe he bullied Selena. No, bullied Taylor Swift. Oh, sorry, I sorry, mean, sorry. had well, a very public breakup with Selena, but I don't think bullied her. But like, there's all that drama with her and his wife now. I don't think there's actual drama. I think um, the they're just trying to sell magazines. Yeah. Yeah, and which is not nice to either woman. Yes. Um, but yeah, the whole like. Justin Bieber's manager was Scooter Braun, and then they were, like, not super nice to Taylor Swift, and then Scooter Braun is the one that went behind Taylor Swift's back and, like, Mm. not behind her back, but, like, bought her music catalog without her having the option of purchasing it, and Mm -hmm. so, like, he gets money every time her music, her older music catalog um, airs and gets gets airplay so yeah just you know a not sketchy a... character in a sketchy industry mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. yeah i mean mm-hmm. although the beebs and um like ariana grande and demi lovato and a bunch of artists just 
fired Scooter Braun. Good. Good. So, See, Beebs, you know, you know he's growing up. Beebs is Beebs Yeah, is but it growing. took the Beebs too long. And he was still not nice to Taylor. My my loyalty will always be with Tay Tay. You're on Team Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> team I, Taylor. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. But um yeah, I'm intrigued by this rare beauty and like, you know, I like Thrive Cosmetics, you know, even like my toilet paper, who gives mm-hmm. a crap? I love that they are, you know, they send so much of their profits to sanitation nonprofits. So Yeah. It's nice to support company. I mean, you gotta you gotta spend your money somewhere. It's yeah, nice yeah. to know that it's making a positive impact. So yes. Yeah. So that's what's sparking joy for me. How are you doing your future self a favor? So I feel like I've been maybe talking about kind of like travel a little bit too much recently, but it's just where I'm at right now. I'm doing a lot of traveling and I want to share some of my time tested apps that have made my life so easy. And this app isn't necessarily related to travel. It's just, it can be used in all sorts of situations. So it's called the best parking app. And it is the app that I use to figure out really reasonably priced parking for wherever I'm going. Mm -hmm. So you remember, you and I, we used to have that little deal that whenever we would go to Philly, I drive, you play for parking, but, and I identified the $11 cash only little spot. What was it called? Latimer Street. Latimer Street. Latimer. Latimer. It was cash only. It was valet, which like, I mean, I use the term valet very loosely. It was like a real, like, it it was a um, real bare bones type of experience. But like, Mm -hmm. it was great. And it was central to the places that we always used to have, like networking stuff in the city. Um, Yeah. But I don't know that we would have found that. It was on like a random little alleyway. And we would have never found that without you. And there's a ton of discrepancies between what you pay for parking. You might have parked at a place across the street that was like $24, right? Yeah. And so I started using this app a long time ago because parking is Fernando's kryptonite. Like if mm-hmm. he doesn't know where we're parking, he will like abandon the car on the side of the road because he's so frustrated. So um, it's come in handy a ton. And sometimes you can even reserve a spot so that you don't have to worry about getting there and it being sold out. I'm going up to New York this weekend and I decided to drive because it's just going to make a lot more sense. But I was looking at this parking app and the to park on a weekend because you can put in, oh, I'm going to arrive on Friday at five. I'm going to leave on Sunday at three. It was telling me $250 to park the car, which fine, no. New York City, I understand. But no, no, then, you might as well take the train or fly. (laughs) Yeah. Fly to New York city. So, but like you can look on the map, like I knew I was going to be in the Tribeca area. So I can look on the map and lo and behold, over there in the little left corner, I see a little $65. I see you $65. I see you $65 walking distance to my conference, walking distance to the ski ball hotel, and I can reserve it. Mm. And so I've already prepaid for it. So I've locked in that price and it's, and you can see it's valet. Like I like, valet because New York parking garages scare me. They're like a death spiral if they're not a valet. And what was the other and, and, and I was going to say, oh, you can even check stuff like clearances. Like people have a lot of people that you might have like a, you know, what are the, a suburban or something like that. And it'll tell you what the actual clearance is. Like, will my car even fit in there? Love this parking so great. We will link to that in the show notes for sure. For sure. We've covered a lot of ground today. We've so covered much. taking things one step at a time, Frozen 2 songs, mm-hmm. the Beebs, the Beebs, <laughs> Ski Ball, and parking. And parking. Mm-hmm. 
and makeup as we <laughs> in our 40s try are still attempting to learn how to do it. I don't know. I'm having fun. Yeah. Contouring. Right. It's it's a whole that's going to be a learning curve. <laughs> <laughs> learning curve. <laughs> All right, everybody. Um, this we was a joy. You soon. Bye, listeners. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Good Enough-ish. We will be back each week with new topics, stories, tips, and personal experiences, as well as some good old friendly banter and lots of laughter. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish. Email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498 with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye.